When I was learning how to drive, my mom pointed out to me the parts of the car that are blind spots, sections in the design of the car that make it difficult to see things from certain angles. Christian colleges have blind spots, design flaws, and those flaws affect how they respond to what they did not see coming. I'm Sam Logan, and you're listening to the podcast, The Story Is, the podcast where we talk about the past, the present, and the personal. In this episode, we continue our series on the Christian college experience. This episode is entitled, Blind Spots. Before we get into the experiences of the people that I spoke with, I wanted to give you a couple other people before we get to the interview. In a Vice article in 2014, I found the story of a Samantha Field. She was a student at Pensacola Christian College in 2009. She claims to have suffered repeated physical and sexual assaults, including two alleged rapes by her ex-fiance, a fellow student. The article says, thanks to the school's strict morality code, this code that doesn't allow men and women to use the same elevators, much less alone the same room, Samantha was reluctant to report her story to the school for fear of inviting scrutiny, if not being kicked out of the school. Eventually, other students and faculty members noticed that something was wrong with her, and Field was brought to meet with the college administrators, including the school's dean of women, who, Field says, told her that confession is good for the soul. When she remained silent, because she had nothing to confess, Field was sent to the school counselor. She says, I started to tell her that my boyfriend made me do things that I didn't want to do, but she interrupted me and asked me what I needed to repent of. She continues, and told me that I needed to forgive him, because otherwise I would have bitterness in my heart. Samantha now writes a blog about her experience of leaving the Christian fundamentalist movement. She says of her experience, I was trying to tell her that my boyfriend had raped me, and her reaction was to tell me that I needed to repent for my sins and not worry about my rapist sins. Sadly, Samantha is hardly alone in this experience like this. In this next experience, it reflects badly on two colleges dealing with sexual assault. In a story in 2020, in August, a former Bob Jones University student claims that the university was both negligent and reckless for expelling her hours after reporting to Furman police that she had been sexually assaulted by a Furman University football player last October, according to a lawsuit filed in August in Greenville County. The former student, who was referred to as Jane Rowe in court documents, claims the football player, referred to as John Doe, gave her alcohol and marijuana at a party and later had sex with her without her consent, according to the lawsuit. 
the lawsuit further alleges the sexual encounter was filmed and shared by Doe without her knowledge or consent. Roe claims that within hours of the incident, two trips to the hospital and a sexual forensic exam, she was expelled by Bob Jones University's Dean of Women for consuming alcohol, according to the lawsuit. According to Bob Jones University Students' Handbook, students of any age who consume alcohol or are on or off campus forfeit their privilege of enrollment as students. Furman University police officer Trevor Whitfield called Bob Jones University the night of the incident and noted his disappointment of Rose's actions, according to the lawsuit. Rose said she and the other student were given the option of going to jail or going to the hospital. Furman University also declined commenting on the specifics of the case. The football player was not charged. Randy Page, the Bob Jones University Chief of Staff, told the news of the student, Jane Rowe, was suspended and couldn't comment further on the petition litigation and the pending litigation. This isn't the first time I've heard of stories like these in the news. It caused me to ask former Christian college students, do Christian colleges sweep things under the rug? Here are their stories. Moving on to our, just in general questions, um, do you think the college would address serious issues or do you think they would, when faced with a, you know, a, a, a serious issue, sweep it under the rug? I think my, my broad response is they would sweep it under the rug. Um, I don't really remember any serious issues while my, while at school yeah so I mean maybe that's because there weren't very many or maybe because they swept under the rug <laughs> <laughs> maybe they did such a great job <laughs> yeah I, I mean the um, certainly there were there was nothing like we're seeing now with like the social justice changes you know black lives matters coronavirus all this other stuff that we're seeing like in 2020 specifically mm-hmm. even some of the racially charged things that have happened in the last five to ten years weren't really in focus when we were at school. Um, so some of like what I would classify as a big issue, they, they weren't happening while, while at least not that I recall. Right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how they would, what they would do now versus what they would do then. I don't know because I don't really recall anything big happening. You know, maybe a student passed away or something like that. They made a big deal out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that, yeah, I don't really recall any significant, I mean, elections, you know, they'd always bring in the representative right. from wherever that was trying to <laughs> drum up student votes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Yeah, aside from, yeah, aside from getting a... Baptist distinctives. They made a big deal about Baptist distinctives. There's, you know, all the, all the, uh, the what was the, the, what was the thing they always did in the spring? I can't remember oh, that's called. right. Wasn't there, like, there was like a... Yeah, it it's was. Kind of... You had to go to like all these special like classes about being a Baptist. Yes. Um, oh, that's what I told you. Like, true indoctrination. <laughs> yes, it was like as if as if uh, as if being forced to take enough courses to be a Bible major wasn't enough. Um, they you must also sit through two weeks. Yeah, of... was it two weeks of just... evangelistic meetings and of yeah, and it was oh. yeah, it was 
yeah yeah it was just it was like an intensive okay this is what this is what christianity is in case you don't know inherit it and this is why it's so important this is why you must be a baptist if you're not a baptist you're probably going out yeah it was i heard a joke from our southern baptist church the the sunday school teacher someone i knew i liked him he's like so johnny goes to heaven and he's walking down the streets of gold with gabriel and they're walking past the Pentecostals and they're all, you know, singing and dancing, doing their thing. Walk by some Catholics and they're doing their thing. Walk by some Methodists, they're doing their thing. And they walk by this door that's closed and it's really, really quiet. And he's like, shh, shh, gotta be quiet, gotta be quiet. He's like, why? Who's in there? He's like, that's the Baptists. They think they're the only ones here. <laughs> I'm just like, yup. <laughs> yup. Uh, oh, that's oh, a good one. So, so do you think when it comes to the philosophy of the college as it deals with certain issues, um, do you think the college would address serious issues or do you think they ignore them or sweep them under the rug? Yeah, so while I was at um, BJ, both as a student and on staff, like I said, um, there was, you know, Stephen Jones, you know, issued the apology for, for Bob Jones's kind of racist past, not kind of racist, racist, um, past with not allowing African-American students and then banning interracial dating until something like 2000. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and I would, um, you know, that was kind of something that I felt like maybe they, they dealt with at least a little bit. Um, but then even while I was there, they had, um, it was called the grace report that came out about, you know, how they're counseling for students that had been, um, sexually harassed or assaulted, you know, even before they were on campus, hmm. um, came out and it was, um, pretty bad look for them. Um, just as far as, you know, what they were telling these students, all right, you know, it wasn't just, Oh, you have to forgive your assaulter, which you're the person who abused your abuser. Um, it was, you know, sometimes they'd be like, all right, well, why don't you call them and forgive them? And it's just, you know, some of this stuff was just, like, mind-blowingly bad. Like, wow. I feel like it should have been obvious that you don't you do not do this. You don't tell a person to do this. Right. Um, and, I mean, the report was forever long. I forget how long it was. I read the whole thing. Um, and I, I feel like in some ways they dealt with it, but in some ways they didn't um, deal with it as much as they should have so you know i was like all right so after the report came out i did go to a very well done um you know thing that every member of the faculty and staff because i was on the staff at that point you know every member of the faculty and staff had to go to this presentation and it was very well done and it was done by an outside organization um but i definitely felt like there was this idea that criticism of us is persecution Hmm. of us um you know that we're, we're being criticized so we're being persecuted when sometimes you just deserve the you just deserve the criticism <laughs> yeah um and there was an there was um there was a, a lack of understanding of maybe how to how to deal with that uh, appropriately um so i i don't want to say they swept everything under the rug because they they definitely you know like i said in some ways they they dealt with that very directly and there was a um my senior year, I think it was, there was a semi-viral news story about a student who got expelled for watching Glee. Um, 
and he had been watching Glee off campus, and he already had enough demerits that he was like right up to the point of being expelled, and the faculty member saw him and reported him. And, you know, that was the last straw, and it was like a week before graduation, and he was a senior, and it was just like this whole thing that, you know, at least at least within the South Carolina area went very very much viral, and I think it got some national coverage as well, um, and you know, so some of that you know. There was a there was a protest that came out as, as part of that, um, and it was like every I think everyone who was protesting wore a red shirt that day or something. Um, I, I forget. And then there was then there was a counter protest for everyone who was protesting the people who was wearing that. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> protesting the people wearing red were gonna wear white. And so then some people were like, well, we're just gonna protest both of you and wear green and make it look like Christmas. Um, <laughs> and it was this whole thing, and it was just wow. Like, are you serious? Like we're having this, this is the level of our, our discussion. Um, and so the person who is again, because we have chapel four days a week, you know, the, the day that happened, the chapel speaker got up and he's like, I'm going to let you pick the sermon. I will either do a sermon on, I think he was like, I'm going to talk about Mary, um, and do a biographical sermon on Mary, or I'm going to talk about how you respond or how you protest authority. You don't like within a Christian setting. And of course everyone voted for that one because we wanted to see what he was going to say. Um, and he handled it all right. But that was like the only example I can think of them, you know, directly handling something like that. And I'm sure he had permission to do that. But it was the only time where I could really, I felt like they said, hey, we're going to directly address this controversial thing. Um, and other than that, it was always, you know, hey, if we're, if we're being criticized, you know, it's, it's, it's Christian per- persecution. People don't, don't see how, um, don't see our spirit and don't see, you know, what we're trying to do here. And so that was, that was definitely, um, frustrating <laughs> uh at times um and even you know with apologizing for some of the things they'd done you know race-wise in the past it wasn't like they ever really talked about it after that um a whole lot um they did rename there was a, a dorm that was named for uh former grand cyclops in the kkk and mm-hmm. also the former governor of of georgia and so they renamed that but it wasn't like you know I don't, I don't know who they named it after, but... It I hope it wasn't case. David Duke. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think they named it Duke, Duke Dorm. Okay. Um, I, think they, I think they moved on. Uh, but, like, you know, stuff like that, you're just like, wow, this was... For the, amount, for the way this, this, this problem... For how deep this problem went, your addressing of it, while, well, yes, what you did was good, it did not go far enough. Um, and I would say that was my... I, I guess that would be my general sentiment. It's like when they dealt with things, it was like, all right, it's good you're dealing with this, but you need to take it a step further. You hear about this in some cases in the news, um, though I know it's, it, it would be very difficult to, to say yes or no to this question unless you were kind of involved in a situation. But do you think or would you imagine that the college you went to would address serious issues or do you think they would ignore them or sweep them under the rug? So it, I, I'd have to know what serious issue we were talking about right. because from what we talked about earlier, a lot of the issues that were serious issues at the time are unbelievably petty. Now that I look back on them, you know, how we had, I don't know if you're here for this year or not, but there was a, a one year where they called all the men and 
to the auditorium, to the gymnasium at, uh, at night. It was like eight or nine at night. And everyone had, all the men had to leave their dorms and we had to go down to the gymnasium for a special uh, announcement. And the announcement was that they had monitored and found out that like a dozen guys had porn, were accessing porn on the, on the school of uh, internet. Were you there for that? No, I would have remembered a, oh. a I would have remembered a, a, a porn uh, intervention. Yeah, porn perk, a porn perk was going on, and they, they, they announced this, and they said that, you know, they had already kicked out three or four guys at the time, and like that day, and the next day they're going to call in a whole bunch more or something, and they didn't say who it was. So it was a, so all the guys were like, "Hi, right, man, it's a good scene. <laughs> it's been good knowing Everyone's like <laughs> hugging and high-fiving because they didn't know who, if they were going to be on the next day, if their buddy was going to be gone the next day. And they, uh, it was a big deal because uh, they, they ended up busting a whole bunch of people for it. Um, and I remember, like, guys were, would get kicked out that, um, were, you know, in air quotes, good guys. You know, the guys that, you know, they never got the mayors, they never got in trouble. But you know who did get kicked out? The guys who were, you know, banging chicks every weekend and drinking and because they knew how to hide stuff. They were better at hiding. Yeah. Guys. And I remember, and I remember thinking, well, you know, letter of the law, yeah, these guys should be kicked out. But, you know, they spent a lot of money to come here. They're trying to get a degree. You know, they're trying to further their, their career or start their career. And it really, like, you think this is worth kicking the guy out for? Even, even I was like a stone cold hard ass then about rules and everything. But I thought it was ironic that the bad kids, they didn't catch him with the bad kids. They probably caught the good kids, you know, air quotes, good kids, of course. And, you know, they weren't hurting anybody. You know, they were just, they happened to have, you know, you know porn DVDs or, you know, they just accessed it incorrectly. But that was, uh, that major issue, hey, they took care of that right away. They, they, they got on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seemed, it, yeah, they, they had no problem. But it seemed small to me, looking back on it, that they wasted all this time on that. Now, if, like, like actual big issues, like um, sexual assaults and stuff like that, I, I wouldn't, I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, if they, if something came up and they decided to take it seriously, that wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. But I can, I can honestly believe that if something came up, that someone would try to sweep it under the rug. It's just it's human nature. I don't think it's, uh, uh, necessary, necessarily, uh, tied to the school or whatever, but a lot of it just has to deal with the people who find out about it and when they want to take care of it. Right. Um, that is something that I've, at least I've, I've had people, uh, send me, uh, uh, news articles and things where, uh, certain Christian colleges have kind of, uh, missed the forest for the trees, uh, when it comes to things like, um, like sexual assault and maybe kicking somebody oh, out yeah. because they were at a party drinking, uh, never mind they were assaulted at that party. targets set on certain issues and when those issues came up they would deal with it but broader societal issues I think they kind of they just weren't paying attention to it and I'm not excusing it but at all because they should I think that they would rather 
pretend large issues don't exist than deal with them. Like pinpoint small issues, I think they more often than not would take care of. I, I can't remember the name, and I wouldn't say it if I knew, of one of the girls that went to our school. And a few years ago, I remember a lot of people talking about uh, a sexual assault that happened at the school or happened with the students. I can't remember her name, but I remember that being a pretty big deal and that waking people up to a lot of uh, the issues that happened. Um, I, I Maybe I kind of have rose-colored glasses from Marinette, but I think that they were a little bit better about issues than a lot of some of the other schools that I heard about, even though I think they had their major, major problems. Uh, no way most of the people, I think that they, they tried to do what they thought was right. They just didn't have the ammunition to see you know, beyond uh, singular issues and um, just prescribe a, a singular solution to a, a societal problem. Yeah, yeah. I think there are. Um, I think that is the case, at least in my in my ignorant opinion. Of I've never run a Christian college, um, but um, I, if I had to diagnose the problem, I think part of it is just being overwhelmed with an issue that doesn't uh, that I think is bigger than the college that doesn't fall within the yeah. rule book. So they so they don't know how to respond so they respond with the rule book and that unfortunately falls really short of what needs to be done it ends up uh, falling short of addressing the issue correctly and effectively so yeah 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 so that is but they just had a blind spot for that kind of stuff in fact uh, I just thought of uh, one uh, kind of, it, it, it not, doesn't necessarily relate to Marinetta, but Christian schools in general. Um, back when John McCain was running for, well, he was running for the, the Republican nomination in 99 or two, in 2000, back when that was happening. Yeah. Uh, was it McCain or Bush? I can't remember. One of them, during the primary, went to Bob Jones University and made a speech and get the support and the news came out like well hey you know you went to this Christian university did you know that this school had a ban on interracial dating in the year 2000 and that became a big news story yeah. and the school had to you know come out with an apology and reverse it only because the national attention was on it and it was a big deal and they came out and I remember I was a man at the time and I remember a lot of the people saying that, well, you know, it's too bad that Bob Jones is just known as that racist college because they're a lot, you know, that's not fair. And I remember really like, well, I mean, that, that was racist. Like, it, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I had conversations with, I, I had I comment in classroom conversations with people saying, well, you know, it wasn't actually racist because it was, they actually used a separate but equal argument, which was funny to me. Like, we had a whole court case about how separate people is racist, but they're like, well, you know, it's just as racist against white people as it is against everybody else because you can't date interracially. That's like, well, no, uh, let's take into the fact that when Bob Jones University was founded, they didn't let black people in at all. They, that was just uh, not, not going to happen. You weren't going to do it. In fact, I, there's someone can correct me on this, but I'm 90% sure that Martin Luther King had interest to go into Bob Jones University in the 50s or 40s, whatever, and wouldn't let him go because he was black. And they wouldn't allow black people to go to school at all until 1971 because uh, they were going to lose their tax exempt status for having 
a civil rights violation in the in the school. So they had to reverse their policy and not allow black people in. But there's a caveat to that is that they only let black people in as married students. You had to be married to go to the school. You a single person could not go to the school. And that rule wasn't overturned until a few years later. And even then, I, once again, I can't remember the lady's name, but there was a, they had one black female student that went there, and she was on the staff of the school or something. And she was the only one that they allowed in. And they did not change the rule for single black people to come to Bob Jones University until several years later, 76, 77, somewhere around that time. And when they allowed single black students to go there, that's when they put in the interracial dating rules saying that, well, you can go to school here, but you can't date any of us. Don't, don't, don't even think about doing that. And then later on, they changed it to another rule. Maybe it was in the 80s or 90s when they made this rule, which is the one that was in place during 2000. Was that, uh, no, 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 that rule stayed until 2000. And then they made a rule saying, yes, you can date interracially, but you need permission from your parents to do so. And I remember going through that, that those steps many times with people and saying, you go through all those steps and still say, oh, no, no, it wasn't racist. Like, you've got to, you have to really contort the logic on that. But it's, it was true. And that was kind of a, that, that was a, an issue where, I oh, maybe not the yet, they went through on that one. They, they, they kind of, they kind of uh, dropped the ball because a lot of them were Bob Jones grads, the people that talked there. And, you know, they were a little predicament of saying, oh, well, yeah, the school I went to was uh, uh, the largest uh, Christian college, you know, or the most popular one in the, in the country, and it was super racist, and it didn't seem to bother me. Like, I can see, you know, why to defend that, but hey, but gee, that's just true. That's just, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was interesting talking to um, a friend of mine who went to Bob Jones, and, um, and he told me about how he had friends who were his friends were told that they couldn't that they would you know he had a friend who who you know liked this girl and the girl couldn't told him i i like you but i can't date you mm-hmm. because he was he I, I think he was he was like hispanic he was from you know mm-hmm. he wasn't white so like it wasn't and i don't think it was a bob jones rule it was a it was uh my parents won't let me date you yeah yeah uh and that was like oh that just i mean i mean i i i'm not naive to the fact of those attitudes being around but it's still kind of sad to hear that in Christian circles, I was like, come on, people. Even in, I mean, I know it's South Carolina, but come on. It's, it's fair. It will, I mean, it was a really common uh, affectation. It was in, so when I was in my senior year, pretty sure it was my senior year, I, I was dating a girl at Maranatha. I won't say her name on this, uh, but if, if, if you guys know who I was dating my senior year, you know who I'm talking about. But, uh, she, uh, we were dating for a while, like a, a while, like months, and um, I was a white girl. Important part of the story. I yes. That. But um, uh, I remember like, we had started to get a little serious, you know, more serious than just casual dating or whatever. And 
she told she told me that like her dad had set her down and said, Hey, you know, this uh this isn't cool and uh I went and talked to him because I was like, Well what the hell? Like how could how, what do you mean? And uh I went and talked to him and his answer to me was that, Oh, don't get me wrong, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I, I think it's fine and everything. You know, the whole you know, there's one race with no race but human race, you know, one blood, we all three bleed red and all that nonsense. But uh, he says, my issue is that uh, if you're going to go into the ministry, there are a lot of other people who have a problem with it, and that's going to, you know, negate you from a lot of ministry opportunities, so it would probably be unwise to, to, to do this. Now, uh, from what I mentioned at the time earlier in this conversation, I was still a pretty, um, a pretty strict rule follower, and so... You know, I was like, well, you know, her her parents aren't cool with this, so I guess we can't date anymore. And so we, we didn't. And um, it was, uh, like, at the time, like, like now, it's, now it's, you know, it's just a thing that happened. But uh, at the time, it was really painful and really hurtful. But I didn't blame that on the school. Well, to my opinion, not a school. Like, to my knowledge, right now, they had no rules against that. Like, right now, they didn't care one way or the other. But it wasn't the first time that I ran across, you know, those kinds of views um, in the uh, in the independent fundamental Baptist community. Uh, back at the church that we went to uh, when I was in high school, we had a similar issue to this. Our pastor would not perform. Uh, well, he stated he wouldn't perform interracial marriage. He said he wouldn't do it. And I remember uh, my uh, brother and my dad were talking to the pastor about it and everything. And uh, we got to a longer con- uh, conversation about race in the church and uh I, I remember mentioning something to the fact that, uh, no, my dad mentioned it, how he had never, like, <laughs> he had never mentioned Martin Luther King at all, like, like Martin Luther King Day, or like, he quoted a lot of preachers, never quoted Martin Luther King, and then he gave an answer, which I've heard a lot of times, it's like, well, Martin Luther King was, uh, well, it wasn't, you know, a standard in-line Christian with what we believed in our uh, independent, you know, mainstream conservative Baptist thought, and, and he wasn't, that's true, and, yeah. and I said, well, I've heard you, I, told, I remember saying, I've heard you quote Thomas Jefferson before, and Thomas Jefferson, like, was literally a deist. He didn't believe in the deity of Christ or anything. In fact, Jefferson had the Jefferson Bible, which he took out all the miracles and stuff, and I've seen you not have a problem quoting Thomas Jefferson at all. And his answer was, uh, well, you got to understand, Thomas Jefferson wasn't an ordained minister. I was like, wow, that's, that's a pretty weak answer. <laughs> that's a pretty weak answer. But... Um, like well, those issues with uh, you know race in general are handled pretty poorly by um, like the like uh, the Christian right in general. Um, I some of it is out of uh, I, I think out of uh, culturally attained malice. Like, I don't think they're worse people than anybody else. I think that they're just you know taught hey these things are bad and you should you know eschew uh, them at all costs. And they happen to be the things that black people like, and it kind of just uh, spills over into that. And a lot of it in the desire to not not uh, be uncomfortable with uh, you know the truths of uh, how the world works, and just you know pretending that these things are fine. And whenever you know black people get up to be loud and complain about stuff again, it's just because they're they're trying to cause a problem when there is none. And they kind of saw you know. The issue that way. I don't know if you heard me on my rants about Martin Luther King <laughs> and how people uh, always try to co-opt 
Martin Luther King say, hey, look, you know, Martin Luther King was a nice guy, and he just politely asked racism to stop, and that's how it all ended. And they ignore, you know, his uh, communist affiliations and his, his, his calls for, you know, at least democratic socialism and uh, workers' rights. And it was a whole lot more than, hey, you know, stop, stop segregation. But that's the part that everyone can say, hey, let's just be nice to each other. And it's like, okay, well, that's good and all, but uh, stop pretending that Martin Luther King was some, you know, hardcore right winger and things like that. And that 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 issue still bothers me today, even though I'm not a part of the community anymore. But it was a really strong, it was a really strong uh, part of the culture that flipped pretty quickly because I've been in Christian schools long enough to know to experience that they were not happy with Martin Luther King's birthday being celebrated at all. It may have been different in California, I don't know, but out in the Midwest, uh, the Christian school I went to when I was in uh, middle school wouldn't take Martin Luther King Day as an actual holiday. Like they made the kids still go to school. And I remember asking why, and the answer was, well, the truth. Which is funny because they don't go that way anymore. It's like, hey, you know, this guy was uh, a communist. <laughs> this guy had all these, uh, you know, anti-capitalist views. Uh, he didn't believe in the virgin birth. Uh, he didn't want prayer in school. Like, pretty much everything they don't stand for, and they didn't like his. Uh, uh, he was an unpopular guy. So uh, in those days, like in the early '90s, when the holiday was still fairly new, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't uh, celebrate it. And I remember my parents, you know, they wouldn't let us go to school that day. And we went to a different school the next year. But it wasn't an uncommon thought. Like, I, I hear people talk uh, badly about them all the time. Now, that doesn't happen anymore because culturally we moved far away from that. But I, I still remember when that, that the view of the, uh, you know, smiley face, ingratiating uh, acceptance of Martin Luther King wasn't a thing. In, in Baptist communities, and it's uh, it's better now. I guess that they've uh, they accepted him as not a bad person, but they've kind of, if you pardon the phrase, whitewashed him to be something a little bit different than he than he actually was. Bob Jones University ended their interracial dating ban on March fourth, two thousand. It was what's described as an unexpected move by Bob Jones University. Uh, he, Bob Jones III said in an appearance on CNN with, on Larry King Live that he had asked the university's board this afternoon to end the policy. He said, in fact, as of today, we have dropped the rule. His remarks, Mr. Jones, the grandson of the university's founder, provided only a brief explanation for saying that the decision was based on a perception that criticism over the policy was threatening to obscure the university's mission. We have a broader testimony, he said. Mr. Jones added, I have, I have said to our administration, you know, guys, this thing is of such insignificance to us. It is so significant to the world at large. The media particularly, why should we have this here as an obstacle? He then said that the ban had damaged the reputation of the university's graduates and possibly conservative Protestantism, as well. I don't want to hurt the Church of Jesus Christ, Mr. Jones said. The issue came to the front after a visit February 2nd, I include this to clarify the story for our memories, by Governor George W. Bush of Texas, a candidate for the Republican presidential nomination. It was President Bush's opponents, Republicans and Democrats alike, 
who faulted him for not taking the opportunity to speak out against the dating ban. Now, you're probably wondering, do Christian colleges still have an issue with race 12 years later? Well, in January 2020, it was reported that Texas Christian University was accused of harassing black honor students in a federal lawsuit. A black Texas Christian University student filed a federal lawsuit in Dallas claiming she was dehumanized, harassed, and discriminated against over two years. The 20-year-old student from Oklahoma is identified in the lawsuit only as Jane Doe. The woman said she arrived on campus in January 2018. She found her white roommate had taken all available closet, desk, and common space in the room to herself and refused to move any of her belongings, the lawsuit said. The university responded, What's wrong with that? But later moved her to another room, the lawsuit said. The honor student claimed she was given a job in the honors college and was paid $7.50 per hour, while white co-workers were earning $9.50 an hour. While taking a summer class in Washington, D.C., she said she was harassed by administrators who ignored her complaints. She said the only two black students in the Washington program were made to sleep on sofa beds with no access to a bathroom, while their white counterparts were provided with hotel-quality beds. When she complained about being bitten by bedbugs, an administrator told her, Bugs live inside, too, according to the lawsuit. The student had a 4.0 grade point average in a school before transferring to TCU. Also said she was later accused of plagiarism. The lawsuit broadly accuses TCU of being bigoted, narrow-minded, and hypocritical in its treatment of racial minorities. In every decade since its founding, there has been a clear evidence of the pervasiveness of TCU's hatred of racial minorities and women, the lawsuit says. The facts of the case are still pending under review. Christian colleges, in light of recent events, are working to improve their record on racial issues. In August of this year, it was reported that Christian colleges are taking steps to address racial injustice after criticism and also after the killing of George Floyd in police custody. Gordon College, a Christian institution in Massachusetts, said it would consider adding a black history course to its core curriculum. Calvin University in Michigan offered a summer class, Faithful Anti-Racism in a Time of Pandemic. George Fox University, a Quaker-founded evangelical Christian school in Oregon, announced plans to change its campus culture improve police engagement, and diversify its board of trustees. These changes are among the dozens of evangelical colleges and universities that issued statements grieving Floyd's death and pledging to find practical steps to address racial injustice on and beyond their campuses. For my final thoughts, when I asked one of my write-in contributors, uh, Jenny, what she thought on did Christian colleges sweep things under the rug? This is how she responded. I would hope that the college I attended would address serious issues. 
there will always be scandals and sin. But I, but I see no pattern of issues being ignored. The way she responded is the way I had felt previous to looking into this more. It corresponded to my experience, but I can't ignore the real experiences of other people. It was my hope. I didn't think and hoped I wouldn't find a troubling pattern among Christian colleges, but I did. Two large issues that show themselves are the ignoring or sweeping under the rug of sexual assault and racism. Now these failures, I don't believe are caused by any malice, though one would have to look deeper into these issues. These issues for Christian colleges are blind spots. And specifically, they're blind spots in how they react to these issues. I'm encouraged that efforts are being made now, that these issues have come to light in the media and the country's changing attitude towards these issues are forcing the colleges to make these efforts. The question I can't answer is, in this new age of the 24-hour news cycle, will Christian colleges remain vigilant in the areas of race and sexual assault, or will they quietly revert back to the previous status quo? Because people on the inside of these institutions will rarely take the risk of pointing out these problems. The problems of reacting to these problems. Christian colleges frequently pride themselves with not going along with the current trends, going, not going along with modern society, standing firm on their faith and purpose for their college. And this is the design flaw of Christian colleges. They take pride in their unwillingness to change anything. Christian colleges can't control what people do. They can't control the poor choices that other people, the students, make. They can't by themselves end racism. They can't end sexual assault. But they can change how they react to these issues. Instead, Bob Jones University's reaction of giving the reasoning for the interracial ban was similar to God creating the new languages at the Tower of Babel to prevent the world from creating a one-world government. Based on the biblical account of Genesis 10 and 11, the statement said, The university wishes to give God the benefit of any doubt and avoid pursuing any direction that would give assistance to the renewed efforts of man to create a one-world community consistent of one religion, one economy, and one government, and one race. Hence the interracial dating ban. Now Bob Jones University had a much better reaction eight years later. The online letter stated that Bob Jones's former policies were shaped more directly by that segregationist ethos that by, and then by the principles and precepts of the scriptures. In doing so, the letter said, we failed to accurately represent the Lord and to fulfill the commandment to love others as ourselves. 
for these failures, we are profoundly sorry. Now that is the right reaction. Instead of making an excuse, the apology called it what it was. Segregation of another sort. Bob Jones University also responded correctly when confronted with statements showing that victims of sexual assault were not treated with the care they need. Among many commitments the university made was, we are committed to providing a place of solace to victims of sexual abuse and assault. While not denying progress has been made, and Bob Jones, just like Liberty University, doesn't represent all Christian colleges, the areas of reacting to sexual assault and racism for Christian colleges need to change. If they don't change, many more young people's lives will be horribly affected and the universities and Christianity will be damaged. If they thought news of a sexual assault allegation occurring at university would give Bob Jones or any college a bad name, they should have thought, if you're worried about the, the reputation of your college, what if it gets out that we ask our students to look the other way? How will that make us look? Because of the danger of blind spots, if you ignore them, you're going to crash. I'm kind of surprised that these universities are surprised that any of this would come out because they should have remembered. Surely your sin will find you out. Next time, we're going to conclude by answering the question, does the media accurately portray Christian colleges? The question might not be as easy as you think. Until then, I'm Sam Logan. That's my story and I'm sticking to it.